Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. I thank you so much for joining us here on the program as we come your way on Sundays at 7 a.m. and uh, 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at richarddugan.com. Our podcasts, and I like to call them broadcast podcasts because we're both on the radio and the internet, uh, are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many other locations that folks are, re- folks are reposting us to. And uh, we will also be giving you our guests' website so that you can uh, find out more about the work that they are doing in terms of uh, finding those new ways of living as we bring you new paradigms for a new world and to try to make this an equitable world for all of us. Yeah, I realize that's a big task, 8 billion people, uh, making sure that everybody has the same basic opportunities to do their life's purpose, to bring that about, to thrive rather than continue on this path of just surviving. And uh, if you'd like to support the work that we are doing by bringing these guests to you, we're grateful for that. All you have to do is go to our PayPal or Patreon accounts, and that's for your security as well as ours. Uh, Support us in any amount you can. We will take energetic support as well. All the support we can get uh, to keep this program moving forward. Today's, Today's program, I think you are going to find rather intriguing. It's a little different, but I think it's still pertinent. I think it is still pertinent because There are folks out there who are very concerned about the way things are going in the material world, but they are also doing their inner work, and we're going to find out more about that from our guest today. We encourage you to do your inner work and go within. That's why we've been promoting 2020 as the year of perfect vision. Please do that. Make that happen for yourself. Spend that time in that peaceful, quiet place. Calm yourself down. It's going to be all right if you just use your intuition, seek out that, that still small voice, the higher self, the divine, whatever you want to call it, and, and, and listen to it and follow its instructions. It's not going to steer you in any harmful direction. It may challenge you, but it's there to help you, to guide you, to keep you safe, to keep you calm, and, uh, and to help you through um, the more turbulent and more uncertain times because as human beings on this planet, we have never lived in certain times. And we'll talk, about our, talk to our guest about that. And our guest today is a, a gentleman who has been working for probably as long as I have in this, in this business of broadcasting for me uh, in the areas of uh, working towards trying to find the answers to the questions, why is this happening, who's, who's involved, why are they doing this, and how can we stop them from doing the things that they're doing, in, man, in a matter of speaking, uh, so that uh, we, the citizens of this planet, as they are too, but they seem to think that they know better. Um, why are they doing this? What, what's the end game? I mean, I've asked that question many times of certain groups and organizations, governments, uh, institutions. What the heck is the end game? And many of my metaphysical program guests talk about uh, the fact that there really isn't an end game, at least on the spiritual level. Um, Ole, and he is, last name is Damagard. He's coming to us all the way from Spain via Zoom, and I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program. And there is a certain very serious aspect to the work that you uh, are doing today, but that you've been involved with uh, for, as I mentioned earlier, 40 years. Give us a little background on, on uh, why, why or how you were drawn in to this arena, if you will. And it's a big one. I know it is. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, I, I really like parts of your introduction here about how the spiritual path and 
the going inwards is extremely important to keep the balance in turbulent times. And uh, <clears throat> I was born many years ago in Denmark. I, uh, we moved as, uh, when I was quite young to Sweden. And that's where I grew up, out in the middle of the forest. And I'm, I think I landed here on this planet or flat or whatever it is, quite innocent and very confused about what I saw around me in my family around me as well in, in the form of bullies and, and people trying to control and manipulate. And over the years, this became stronger and stronger in me when it came to not being able to accept that people were getting hurt for no apparent reason other than control or whatever or desires. And it just, I just felt I need to do something. And uh, when I was, I was a kid, I felt either I want to become a stuntman or I want to save the world. And in certain ways, I think that I managed to combine the two because uh, <laughs> this is what I'm living. And so I think from also very early on, when I, when I grew up, I started looking in my, in my bookshelf and I had books about spiritual stuff. Uh, I'm an international Raja yoga teacher and, and have gone through many, many different spiritual workshops and education and so on. That or serial killers or, you know, like mass murder or, or war and, and it, almost like yin and yang. And I, I've always been really trying to understand what is evil and, and why is it here? What, what is happening and why are certain people committing atrocities against often the totally innocent people? And I'm still asking myself this question after all of these years, because it is, I don't get it. I so, I so don't understand it, but I have to accept that it's there. And the way I see it is on a, on a very high spiritual level, it's there to teach us, you know, mm -hmm. to without uh, the opposite of, of kindness and good and love, uh, as such as evil and horror, we wouldn't be able to understand it. Like, just like we don't understand right, if we don't have left or up, we don't have down, if we don't have the opposites, but that doesn't make it okay. And so I've devoted my life to try and stop and, or transcend as much of this so-called evil as possible. And the areas that I've devoted my life to, I, I was a journalist to start with, but the areas that I've really devoted my life to is to empower people, but also by exposing what is it that we're afraid of, who is actually carrying out these things that look so scary and look so powerful and look so mighty. Who is it really? Are they that powerful and who are they? And so the areas that I devoted myself to exposing are top political assassinations, like JFK, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Abraham Lincoln, and so on, Lady Di. And also so-called false flag operation, fake terror attacks that are, or fake mass shootings that are there, carried out by, that, that are actually inside jobs there to uh, scare the living bejesus out of the population so that we will accept more and more control, surveillance, cameras, robocops, you name it. And it actually, after many years, it, it becomes quite clear what is going on and it goes under the name of the New World Order. And uh, so this is what is being forced upon us. I think and many people might not be aware of it, but that's sort of the general name of this operation. So I'm, this is my world. Well, I remember back in the mid, I think it was the mid-late 80s, uh, I received a very thick book. 
in the mail at a, I was working at that time for a Christian radio station. Uh, and just so you have a point of reference, when I left, I was considered a casualty of Christian radio because I wouldn't toe the party line because I was asking questions about the theology, about the doctrine and dogma, because the answers that I was getting to my questions made no sense. It just, they didn't make any logical sense to me. Anyway, I received this book in the mail and it was called The New World Order. And it was sort of my first introduction into this whole realm that goes back uh, probably to the, what, 16, 1700s. Uh, and in particular, in this case, uh, I think it went back to uh, the areas of uh, Freemasonry and, and then it talks about the Illuminati and Trilateral Commission and, and those kinds of things. And I realized that these subjects on this program, which is more of a spiritual metaphysical program, don't seem like they fit. But I, I look at it this way. I, don't, I try not to watch the news. And ironically, I have worked for news and information stations for most of my career um, because I know of man's inhumanity to man. I know it's been going on since man has been here, going back to the days of Cain and Abel. You know, whether that be a true or fictional or mythological story or not, it's been going on. Man just has not been able to get along with himself for as long as he's been here. So why do I need to continue to bombard my brain, you know, with, uh, with that information? I know it's happening. All you have to do is change the dates and the names of the uh, participants and the location, and it just happens over and over and over again. And so it kind of brings me to, to uh, uh, my question to you in that regard, and that is, if we're trying to find answers uh, in regards to these respective, I'm going to go ahead and use the word nefarious groups that are working behind the scenes. You talk about, um, uh, um, what was the term? I'm trying to remember the term you used for fake events that are designed to elicit fear and uh, then force the fearful into telling their governments, hey, pass these laws to protect us next time so this doesn't happen again, when in reality, that's what they wanted all along, but they had to convince the public that this was something that they needed, when in fact, they didn't need it. What they needed was protection from their government. And it's alleged that that's the reason why we, we here in the United States, left England back in the 1600s, 1700s, because of the dictatorial uh, regime, if you will, of King George. And yet, we still have those kinds of individuals throughout the country, uh, throughout the world. So, how do we, how do we, how do we discern what is and isn't real? Or is all of it real? Or is all of it an illusion? As the Mayans say, it's, it's, it's just, uh, as the, as the uh, Hindus say, it's all Maya. It's all illusion. Help us to understand that aspect of it as we move forward here. Well, you just gave me one of the biggest answers or questions that humans have ever had. And they've been speculating about this since uh, the old Romans or Greek. So there's no easy answer to, to say or answer. Uh, easy way of answering that. I would say though that there was a, a team of documentary maker or a film team crew that went around the world and they interviewed people from so many different countries asking them, what do you want out of life? What is it that you are searching? And it turned out that 95% of what people want, doesn't matter where you come from, is the same. 
they want peace they want a happy life they want uh, to live in certain comfort they want a, a beautiful future for their children some education they want to be able to have friends and a party from now on they want to be able to express themselves creatively creatively and also freedom of speech and then you have five percent where people start arguing and these five percent are politics sports religion uh, some other ones but 95 percent of that we all want the same we all want the same so but what we're being told through many 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 years through history books and so on is that war is part of our of our build that's part of our mentality but i would say no it's not it is if you look at through history what has happened is there's always been a tiny little group of people most of them total psychopaths who have just thought we're so much better than the rest of you, so we will enslave you, but without you even knowing it, because we want our desires fulfilled and you are gonna have to do it for us. And so if you go back even to the Roman times where you had like the city of Rome, that was the, the, the center of the whole Roman empire, which was thousands and thousands and thousands of miles, where there was no phones, there was no way of communication, there were no faxes, no emails, no whatever. So how did they do it? How did these few ones be, control the masses? And that's when they started uh, fine-tuning certain templates or psychological operations on how to control the population without the population even knowing that they're being controlled and knowing that they're actually slaves. And so from the Romans and onwards, these, uh, it's more or less the exact same templates that are being used. It, they're not that many. And the key word to all of the control is fear. It is only through fear that the few can control the masses. Mm. So my focus has become trying to find out what is actually happening, what is going on, who is doing this to us. And when I started out, I thought that you know, like assassinations like JFK or Robert Kennedy. I didn't think they had anything to do with each other, except that they were brothers. Martin Luther King or the Scooty Prime Minister La Palma or the Vietnam War or the Operation Phoenix in South America or, you know, or Condor, sorry, Phoenix and Vietnam. I didn't know that, that these things were connected. And then over the years, after becoming a total geek and uh, obsessed with trying to find out what actually was going on, I started finding the exact same individuals popping up again and again and again and again and again. And slowly, slowly, a clearer and clearer picture started uh, stepping forward. Um, it's been almost like having a jigsaw puzzle, but with a, with a picture side downwards and all of the pieces round, or not round, but square, so that they can fit in whatever form. But it's, and it's only once you start getting a, a bigger part of it together that you can start lift the whole jigsaw and start seeing what is, what is actually showing you. And so I had no idea when I started out what I was even looking for. I was just trying to understand because I was very confused in these areas. And many of these big cases, the reason they're important is not because an, a, maybe a beautiful individual was terminated, it was what happened afterward. Why was he why was he taken out, and who took over? And this is where you will see these power structures that have been 
in the background for many, many, just like you say, from hundreds of years back with the Freemasonic networks, very much involved in this thing, have worked very hard to concentrate the power to fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer. And just like an octopus, they have worked very hard while we've been busy eating pizza and looking at X Factor <laughs> or whatever, or sports, sports. Yeah. They have mm -hmm. been working very, very hard on getting control. So they have put their people in key positions in so many different areas. I would say at this point, more or less all areas of importance in modern life. And just like an octopus, these tentacles are there um, pushing and, and forcing us in direction that we would not, we would never go if we were aware of that we, we were being manipulated. But the, the good news is that they are so few, we are so many. So the way to get out of this is to become aware of what is actually happening, what is going on, and also find out that when, once you see that the only weapon they really have against us is fear, then the solution, fear and diversion, you know, divide and conquer, that's one of the big ones they're mm -hmm. using to make, turn us against each other. But once you start understanding them, then you will see that the way forward is finding different ways of letting go of fear, like meditation, many different ways of just also facing your own fear so that you can focus on peace and let it go and purify your mind. And then that will lead you forward to a much more harmonious way of living. And also, hopefully, that will spread to other people around you with the end goal of making this world the way it was supposed to be before we someone had this, that apple, you know, the apple of desires, and everything went weird. Well, so those people who are um, following the, the, the train, that, the, the path that you are laying out, and those people who are concerned and so on and so forth, um, they, they seem to spend an inordinate amount of time in this area and they seem to be overly concerned. Now I won't necessarily say they're fearful because you don't sound like you're afraid. You do sound like you're concerned. Is my perspective uh, maybe inappropriate in that I know that this stuff is going on but I'm not going to focus my attention on it because I want to put my energies into the things that I want to do. The This radio, radio podcast if you will, radio program and podcast. Um, helping people to understand that we need to go within and we need to spend that time. I need to do that. I need to do it more because I'm not doing it enough, I know, uh, and so forth and so on. I, I, and again, I'm not, I don't believe I'm burying my head in the sand, but from your perspective, as someone who's been studying this for 40-plus years, uh, are people like me doing that? Is that what we're doing, sort of, is burying our heads in the sand? I'm not denying it. I'm not denying that what you're saying is, is potentially true, uh, but at the same time, uh, there's so much more. It's 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 kind of like uh, if you have a battery, and you plug it up, uh, hook it up to something that isn't really your thing. It's somebody else's, but you know you want to share the power. Instead of hooking it up to things that I want to power, uh, so that I can accomplish those things for myself and the people around me. What what do you say to something like that? I think there we all have different parts in this global matrix, whatever it is we're living in, and mm -hmm. you are living exactly, you're, you're going your path, 
and I think you're doing it, I, I don't know you personally, but I can hear from the way you speak that you're doing it perfectly. You are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You follow your passion, you stay in focus, you stay in peace. What your aim is, exactly the same aim as I'm trying to do, is to create a beautiful, harmonious, balanced world for all of us. You said that in the introduction, you know, mm -hmm. equal rights, equal everything, balance and harmony, that's it. And it's the same with me. It's just that my path that, that I wasn't even aware of that I, I chose, it has just evolved like this, has gone into a very dark area, uh, but also a very, very beautiful area because I'm surrounded by amazing people from all over the world, whistleblowers that have proven themselves in battle, standing up against or standing for what they have believed in, where these dark forces have tried to destroy them and they managed to, to stand up anyway in truth and, and so on. So I'm, I'm surrounded by amazing people. And it's just like, I don't know, Richard, I, I don't know really why I ended up here, but it's, it, it feels really like it's my dharma. You know, my memory, I'm a musician as well. I cannot remember a chord progression after all of these years. My memory, for some reason, cannot. You put me in the kitchen, I'm a disaster. You put me in this area, I can remember thousands of names, dates, you name it. I mean, pick my brain, ask me anything. I, for some reason, this body is made for this. This mind has been made for this. And then what I try to with this information is to empower. It's like when I go on tour, we, we go around and we, call, we have an RV, we call it the Love Mobile, and we go on a blind, blind date tour. And what I do is I talk about death and bombs and destructions, but the whole thing is to empower people. And when they leave, I tell you, they sparkle, they are so uplifted, and so, which is very bizarre because it should be the other way around that they wanted to go and hang themselves when they leave. Mm -hmm. But it's the intention is totally different because I, what I'm trying to do is, is just like uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, I'm trying to pull the curtain so that this massively powerful wizard that is controlling our life, we pull the curtain, you'll see that it's only a weak old guy with a microphone and a massive big amplifier that is trying to scare you into obedience and i say pull the curtain see how weak they are and there's nothing to be afraid of once you start seeing that so this is what i'm trying to do a wonderful uh, another wonderful uh, american analogy would be pulling the curtain to see oz who's who's behind oz in the wizard of oz who's the that's, wizard you know that kind of thing but that's exactly what i said dorothy pulling yeah. the curtain that that's, yeah that movie is so interesting. Is it somewhat prophetic in a yeah. manner of speaking? It's, I mean, if you look at it, you've got Dorothy and her little dog. Everything is beautiful. Everything is in balance and harmony. Woof, there comes a storm. I would say the New World Order indirectly. Woof, throws her into a very dark and scary place. And she's like, oh my God, I want to go home. Which is what most of us want. We want to go back to the beautiful place that we grew up where everything was in harmony. And so on the way there, she asked, how am I gonna find my way home? And they keep telling her, you need to meet the Wizard of Oz who represents, I think, what we're afraid of and what is controlling us as well. And so on the way there, she needs to take, pick up three things in herself. She needs courage, she needs brains, and she needs, uh, let me see here, courage, brains, 
Sorry? And a heart. And a heart. Yeah, em empathy, compassion, intellect, uh, and also, um, uh, yeah, intellect, not only being able to critical thinking, but also use your mind to find a way. And then bravery, you need courage because this is scary like hell, you know? So, yeah. and yeah. with these three things, she goes and she meets the Wizard of Oz. Nobody else dares to do it. And once she's there, you've got this powerful voice saying, I'm powerful and you're weak, you're weak, you're my, you know? And still, she doesn't back off. And then mm -hmm. she sees this cable going in under the curtain and she just pulls it for her curiosity over one, her fear pulls it and there you got the real threat and that's the new world order in a bag a small tiny little group of mostly super psychopaths that are trying to control us from behind the curtains so i say let's identify the whole thing pull the curtain so that people can see oh my god there's nothing to be afraid of oh there is something but it's not anywhere near as big and powerful than you thought and you have got the power instead of what they're trying to tell you that you're powerless and that you only won mm -hmm. no 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 you have got the power of your universe and this is where now we start connecting with your world which i'm also very much involved in where you start seeing it on a spiritual plane and the power of the mind the power of the creation of the mind also how you can the whole idea is to purify your mind so that you can create something amazingly for you yourself and everyone else we're talking with Ole Demogarden. He is uh, talking with us about uh, the work that he has been doing that is available through the website, lightonconspiracies.com. Light, L-I-G-H-T, on O-N, conspiracies, C-O-N-S-P-I-R-A-C-I-E-S.com. We will be linked to his website as well. I think it's important for people to be aware of this. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned uh, uh, Endgame. Um, what is if there is an end game in regards to this, uh, uh, this new world order that you talk of, that, that, that obviously people have heard the phrase over and over again, and every so often one of our presidents somehow drops that phrase into a speech somewhere. They sure do. They have a yep. habit of doing that ever since uh, uh, George Bush Sr. did it the first time, 1990, on 9-11, the exact date. That was the first yep. time he stepped forward and said, this is it, folks. This is what we got in plan for you. And so you can also, this it's not secret in any way or form. They, they've written big, thick books about it, what they're up to, what they're going to do. And yet again, in, in uh, sort of in camouflaged ways, but still the plan is there. So you're asking me about the end game. Yeah, what's the, the end, end game? The end game of this group, the New World Order, uh, according to what they sell themselves, is a one world fascist state. It's a one world. They always want one world. They want global control. They want a one world army. Uh, that would be the U.S. military joined with NATO and joined with the United Na uh, Nations forces. They're not to defend us, to control us. They want a one world um, digital currency. Uh, they do not want cash money because cash, you're free. You can do what you want. They, the government won't even know what you're doing with it. But if they can control it, whoever controls the digital currency that you are under, if you if they if it's through the chip in the in the credit card or the chip in your hand the one that is in control of that 
can control your life if the cash is not there. And see, if you look at uh, like countries like Sweden, where I grew up, that is the, the world's first cashless country. I mean, it's 99% cashless. And you can't do anything. You cannot do anything if you're not part of the system. And if the credit card, for, for instance, now, if you go to the supermarket, you give your credit card, it's a beep, a working error, whatever. You say, okay, I'll, I'll go and talk to my bank, and then you pay cash. But if there's no cash, then if it's a beep, no food to you, Richard, because you've been a naughty boy saying things we don't like, that <laughs> is it. You cannot get your way out of it. So cashless society, very important for them. Then they want an, a one world religion. They want, they're trying to destroy all religions, putting them against each other at the moment, and then make a one world religion, but based on climate, where climate is the thing that they will uh, make us all unite underneath the, the savior of climate. Then they want, uh, sorry to say, but they would very much like two thirds of us to say goodbye from this earth, chop, chop, chop. And then they want a completely microchipped population. And it's, once again, it's the same, uh, the whole idea is total control through the chip that will, in so-called smart cities, which they're trying to force us into now, uh, with the technology of AI and uh, uh, 5G. They're trying to push us into these smart cities, which will be beautifully working cities, but totally controlled with this digital grid. So it's, what, what we're talking about are, are t them, the few, turning us into slaves, where they can control everything. And Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's according to them. And if that's the end game, I mean, I don't know what are they going to do once that's sorted out. I don't know. But it's like, well, for me, it's just absolutely against everything I stand for. Well, I, I'm with you there. It's, it's certainly against everything I stand for. Um, but one of the things that I have noticed, specifically in regards to the, um, uh, uh, not the criminal justice system, but uh, it follows that, and that's the, the penal system, uh, imprisoning people. Um, I've noticed that um, there are two different kinds of prisoners in prisons, in, in incarceration centers. There are those who have been put there for, quote unquote, their crimes to do their time. And there are those who watch over them. They are as much in prison as the prisoners that they're guarding. And so it's, it's like, are you serious that that's the kind of life you, as an individual member of the New World Order, that's the kind of life you want? You want to be a, a guard? Making sure that every, you're as much a prisoner as the prisoners you're guarding. And that's what doesn't make sense to me. I, that's from my standpoint. In, not, not excluding the in, individual internal desire for all of the things that you've listed. You know, the freedom and the liberty, be able to say what you want to say and on and on and on. And that's what really gets me is if that's the end game, that's a lousy end game. That is so, it makes absolutely no sense. There's no logic to it whatsoever. Uh, that's my perspective. Uh, I, would, I would consider, I would love to have your uh, perspective on my <clears throat> elucidation there or hallucination, whichever you wish to, wish to, uh, to um, uh, categorize it. Because like I said, it's like, see, I ask the same question 
on a spiritual level. I've read the ancient wisdom teachings, uh, and they tell us where we've been, the one. They tell us where we're going, the one. But look where we are. We're in this duality, this dualistic world. And I'm going, what the heck is the end game here? This is ridiculous. There's, there's no point to this. That then again, that's my logical brain trying to parse it out and trying to figure it out. Um, help me. <laughs> I have no answer because it's not my mind. You know, I, I don't understand it, but I don't understand a cancer virus either. You know, yeah. the, the, the cancer virus, the, the final orgasm of a cancer virus is when the carrier dies and then the cancer, no, when the carrier dies and then the virus dies as well. So what, what's the logic of that? I don't get it. It's the same with bulimia. I mean, you keep eating even though you're full and you're just destroying yourself and you keep eating. There's no logic to it. And I, I spoke to a CIA whistleblower, Chip Tatum, who is uh, the commander of George Bush Sr.'s private hit team, Pegasus. And I asked him about this mentality because that is the, one of the things I've been trying to understand over all of these years. Why, do, why are they doing these things? How are they thinking? I don't get it. And he said, the only reason you don't understand is because you're not a psychopathic killer. If you were, these actions would make perfect sense. So I've given up on trying to understand. I'm just following my path, trying to be part of creating a beautiful future instead of a very controlled and horrible future, which is the plan that they have for us. Are you seeing in the past 40 years of your following this, of your trying to understand, well, I don't, obviously you've sort of at this point given up the, the need to know why. It's happening. You don't want it to happen. Tell me about some of the, the progress that you have either made or that you have seen people make in an effort to educate the masses, because that's really where it comes to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure that protests are actually um, solving anything. If you, if from the standpoint that it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me like anything really changes when people are out in the streets screaming and yelling and hollering. Uh, and that it's got to be, a, I've heard it said, it has to be done on a legislative level. You've got to go through the various uh, governments. But if they're part of the problem, that's not the answer. So help me to understand, uh, has there been any progress from your perspective? I am. I have once been in a demonstration, and that was a peace demonstration. And that was one of the most violent things that I've seen. I just felt, what the hell? They're here for peace and they're shouting like a lynch mob. So I just felt this is not for me. I've never seen a demonstration lead to anything, absolutely not. I've very rarely seen anything that is being put forward to the government, like protest or name collection or whatever, do any difference. And it's like, so how to make a difference? And also, if you listen, if you understand the word of the, like, for instance, the word government, what that means, it means governmente, mind control. So the government, and in, in German and Scandinavian language, the, the word for government means rulers. So there's this hidden power structure that is controlling us, but we're being told that they're there to serve us when it's actually the exact opposite. We are under them. They're our slaves. They should do things for us, but they're actually not doing it. So you ask me what uh, the difference. For one thing, when I started out like this, I, I was so alone. I mean, 
there were not, I don't think there was that many people around the world that were so interested in these areas. Now it's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people that are becoming aware or it, it's publicly uh, or sort of popularly called becoming awake, but I, I don't think that is a correct uh, term, terminology, more becoming aware of it. So one, one of the things that I've done since I specialized in so-called false flag operations is over all of these years, I've studied these operations so closely. I've been on location where uh, most of these alleged terror attacks have happened in Europe. Many of the alleged mass shootings in the States as well. I've gone there on my own trying to find out what happened. Is the official narrative correct or is there something else going on? And not a single time have I come to a place where the official narrative had been anywhere close to the real truth. So that really has gotten to me trying to expose and understand more and more of what's going on. And so it's just like when you start seeing how these operations are carried out, it's almost like learning a language where you have to learn the, the grammar, the humor, the wordings used and so on. And once you do that and you start finding out how they think, you can also even be part of exposing what they're planning as soon as you start seeing what's going on. And I have up to date now on international radio, up to two months before they have been exposed and predicted 59 alleged terror attacks up to uh, today's date. You can go to my website, lightonconspiracies.com. I have a, a monthly newsletter and you can see there, this is when I said it, boom, that's when it happened. This is when I said it, boom, that's when it happened. And also this has been part of stopping several of these uh, planned massacres. So actually my, my last name, Danagod, has been turned into, not by myself, but turned into a, a verb. So hashtag Danagod or hashtag Danagoding is finding the hidden clues uh, uh, about upcoming attacks and then stopping them. So the progress has been that it's, we made it more and more difficult for these operations to be carried out and more and more people are becoming aware but are, are people believing? I guess that's the other side of it, too, because it seems as though um, it isn't just a question of you exposing this information. It's almost, the it's almost along the same lines as, let's talk about aliens. Okay, let's talk about UFOs and flying saucers. <clears throat> and I saw a documentary not long ago where it's like now the government is slowly but surely acknowledging, but what they're doing is they're weaponizing the information by saying they are an enemy and that they are here to destroy us. And I'm sitting here thinking, uh, if anybody believes you that they're here to destroy us, then they're just as stupid as you are. Because if they can travel intergalactically, we wouldn't be having this conversation, you and I, Ole, because they would have already taken over. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want to go in that direction, although I'm curious, have you, is that an area that you go into or is that also part of the uh, propaganda slash misinformation, et cetera, et cetera, that the quote unquote new world order is uh, perpetuating? You know, when you get into this world of conspiracies, there's so many different areas. Mm -hmm. And so you need to focus somewhere if you want to be part of making a difference. Otherwise, it sounds like you're all over the place. And it's just like digging for water. If you dig a hole there, a little here, a little there, you'll never get anywhere. So I focused on top political assassinations, 
because so many beautiful individuals that have been standing up for what most of us believe in, you know, beautiful values for humanity have been taken out and, and there's no reason why they have been terminated. That area and then so-called false flag operations. So very early on, I, I just felt like if you even mention aliens, I don't know anything about them, but you aliens or reptiles or whatever, you get this, people start having this glazy eye thing where you just see there, there's the body is here, but their mind is somewhere else. So I have very uh, consciously avoided these areas. And then I'm, I'm more on a street level, down on a street level where I'm exposing the teams of assassins. I'm exposing on a street level because that's where I can make a difference by stopping uh, this mayhem. And it's not a matter for me if people believe me or not. I, I It's not important at all. Um, I, it's not important for me to convince, convince you of anything. I am just trying to do my part as best as I can to stop people from getting hurt. We're talking with Ole Damagard, and we are talking, uh, obviously, about some very unusual uh, things that normally we don't talk about. We, we stay away from, try to stay away from current events, try to keep it as positive as, as we can. I don't think we've gone to the negative in that respect on this program. It's more, this is just basic information that actually uh, has been out there for 40 years or more. It's just a question of, are you willing to open your eyes, so to speak, and, and see it or open your ears and hear it? Um, uh, there's that biblical passage, you know, if he who has eyes to see and ears to hear and so forth, you know, they'll, 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 they'll figure it out uh, if they start to use the brain that, that the good Lord gave them, uh, which is another interesting aspect, too, uh, you, you, used, you talked about the, ins, the various institutions that have been used uh, in the process of trying to, um, shall we say, subjugate the people. I wanted to, can we talk about that when we get back? For sure, anything you want. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And when we get back, we will... We will talk about that and other institutions as well and, and some of the messages that have, we have been getting uh, over the years that have been making us complacent and compliant uh, by our complacency. We'll be back in just a moment. Three, two, one. We are back. I am Richard Dugan, and Ole Damagard is my guest all the way from Spain. Um, let's talk about these institutions and the messages that we have been getting uh, now, from the New Age community, that some would say that's kind of where I'm coming from. I consider myself more of a spiritualist or metaphysician, uh, and I'm just trying to understand some of the um, messages, the meanings of some of the, the words that are used uh, uh, from the great ancient wisdom teachings, if you will. And there are a lot of great, a lot of great stories in there. They, they say an awful lot. I mean, we've, we've as I mentioned earlier, you know, about uh, how man has been inhumane to man as far back as Cain and Abel, according to the Bible. Um, but what about our religious institutions? And now, here in the 21st century, we've been exposed to dozens. I mean, it's not just Christianity and Judaism and uh, the, the, the Muslim faith. I mean, there, there are so many others, and some that people just make up along the way. What about the, the well, in, shall we say, well-entrenched uh, institution, religious institutions? What are the messages the, that 
you have picked up on that continue to perpetuate this um, subjugation of the population. I know that's a tall order. I know that's huge, but at, at least we'll take a stab at the iceberg, okay? For sure. <laughs> I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, a spiritual being like all of us. The reason I'm not religious is not that I don't believe in something much bigger than us, because that I do for sure. But uh, the way I see, if you study history, religion has been used as a major tool to control populations. And so that I'm against. The, the faith that people have, wonderful, and the, all the good things that comes out of religion, fantastic. But when you look at behind the scenes, we're back to a lot of control in different areas. I do not like that. So when you also, when you look at the power structure in the world, you have three major centers. You've got the old city of London, the financial city, the financial center of the world. When you look at the, on the highest plane, you've got the war center of the world, which is Washington DC, and you've got the religious center in the Vatican, where these three are like almost corners of a pyramid where a lot of traffic is going on. Anything from weapons, drugs, pedophile trafficking, organ trafficking, um, oils, minerals, money transfers, all of this through between these three areas. So religion comes in once again, but in the background in a very, especially when it comes to the Vatican, in a very dark, dark, dark uh, area. So I'm not saying anything about someone with the Catholic belief, absolutely not. I'm talking about the institution behind the scenes of the Vatican. Horror, horror, horror. That is my findings over the all of these years. And also you got Islam, which is also being used to control people in a major way. But Islam, since uh, about 89, when the, when the wall came down and the, and the Cold War, War officially ended, Islam was, has been weaponized uh, as a word to be able to create a new bully because in, through all of these times, the elite few, or they like to call themselves the elite, I have words that is not so flattering, but <laughs> the, few, the few in power have all, during all times, they've always needed an outer enemy, somebody that can scare because it's fear that they can draw. So it's what they've been using for many, many, I would say several thousand years, is especially one template that I think is extremely important to understand. And it's problem, reaction, solution. The few in power secretly create a problem. And nowadays that could be in the form of an alleged mass shooting, a terror attack, a virus scare, a financial crash, something that says, oh my God, boom, over there. The reason why they secretly create this problem is to get a, an emotional reaction from us, the normal person. And the reaction they want is an emotional where we don't think we just go into fear mode saying, oh my God, oh my God, something needs to be done. And then we turn towards the people that we think are there to protect us, not understanding that it's actually them who have created the problem saying, please, please, I need protection. And they will then say, well, because of the seriousness of this problem, the only way we can solve that as is, and boom, in comes the solution. And the solution every single time is something we would never ever have accepted had it not been for the problem, problem, reaction, solution. And the solution every, every single time is the same. More and more control, your freedoms out of the way, 
uh, your human rights out of the window. Uh, you have to pay for your slavery, more and more surveillance, cameras, robocops, uh, the whole shebang, and all the time creating a world that just goes towards worse. That is what is being carried out. Well, I will tell you that, uh, and, and we can even talk about this because I know you have uh, a perspective on it as well, and that is the, uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, in, in the 60 years, I am now 60 years of age, and in the 60 years that I have been alive, every time the influenza rolls through the United States, we do the same thing uh, over and over again. Nothing. Now, when the vaccine came along, then we were being told to, Take the vaccine. Take the vaccine. It'll help prevent the, the flu and so on and so forth. Well, I haven't had the flu shot for four, over 40 years. And if I've ever had the flu, my immune system has done the job that it was designed to do to fight it off <clears throat> so that I can, can, can continue on living. Um, whereas with the coronavirus or COVID-19, finally, now this is my perspective, understand. They finally did something different. They shut everything down. And I've been advocating for 40 years. When the flu hits the states, shut the airlines down. Stop it from going from West Coast to East Coast, East Coast to West Coast, and making people sick. And, and if you're so concerned about the economy, uh, you, would, you would do that. Because uh, a two-week hit on the airlines industry is nothing compared to, to what has happened to the economy with this situation. However, I would venture you have uncovered information that has um, sort of blown the lid on this whole thing. And a lot of people who are along with you, but they aren't even aware that they're along with you, uh, have not believed any of the information that's come out. They say, look, all right, they say we don't know anything about this, but uh, we don't think it's anything worse than the flu. And if I get it, I'll, I'll hunker down and I'll get through it and then keep going. Well, here in the United States, they say we've had over 125,000 deaths since March. And globally, there have been over a million deaths. Uh, in the United States, according to the last numbers that I saw, we had tested, tested 35 million people. And the number of people testing positive for the virus is now up to 10%. Now, there are two aspects to that. We could look at those numbers and start to pontificate. Or we could look at those numbers and say, how can we be sure that those numbers are accurate, let alone true? What's your perspective on this virus that we found out about back in November in tiny little stories in the back of the paper or the newscasts that is now front page every day for, here in the States, four or five months? Richard, is it okay if I take you on a long ride here and I will come back and answer your question? Because You uh, take us wherever as long as you bring us back because <clears throat> I paid for round-trip airfare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so hold your hats because uh, you're in for a ride. In October uh, last year, I was on tour in Sweden and one of the things that I've been uh, exposing, I've been going on location to many of these uh, countries where alleged terror attacks have happened. And every single time I have not found Muslim terrorists, instead I have found 
uh, NATO operations, uh, inside jobs from governments where they try to create mayhem so that it's the same old story, problem, reaction, solution, so that they can come in with more and more surveillance, more and more militarized cops, the whole thing we said before, the new world order or agenda 21, agenda 2030. If you, if you don't understand what's going on in the world now, please study agenda 21, agenda 2030. It is there, more than 190 countries have signed it. It is absolute, the maddest, maddest thing ever. It's like the new world order agenda on steroids that's it, and it's being carried out at the moment. Anyway, so I was on tour there, and while I was on tour, I was exposing uh, the alleged terror attack in Stockholm 2017, where it turned out that this was also an inside job by local authorities, NATO, carried out once again to scare the living bejesus out of the population, and when it comes to Sweden, force them into NATO, and also get all of these uh, um, more and more uh, surveillance, more and more, all of these freedoms, the same old story. While doing that, I, I came across a man, he's the chief of, he's the chief coordinating officer of, for security of Stockholm, his name is Ola Sletnemark, and I stumbled across him because he had, some months after this terror attack, alleged terror attack, he had done like his head talk, and in this TED talk, he was very openly speaking about what went down that day. He was almost proud of it. And in it, he says, his words, that one minute before this alleged terror attack happened, he sent out a bulk, bulk email to all key people in, in the fire brigade, ambulances, police, uh, government, uh, secret police, uh, military, all of the key, key people, I'm not talking about the whole thing, just key, a few key people raising the terror threat level w to maximum one minute before the attack actually happened. And it's like, how can you do that before something can happen? It's like calling into the Dallas police officer, officer and say, uh, JFK was just shot when he hasn't even entered Dealey Plaza yet. So how can you do that? if you're not a part of it. And that is the be one of the best smoking guns I've ever seen. Also, he goes through the presentation, he goes through what they did minute by minute by minute, the first half hour, when they shut down the government, they shut down the defense industry, they shut down all the subway uh, stations, the traffic, the bus traffic, everything was shut down and blocked down before they even knew who drove the truck. It was a, officially a truck that was hijacked by an, an illegal immigrant or an immigrant and who run down, uh, uh, drove down a pedestrian street, killing five and then smashing straight into a mall. But at that point, it was several, four or five hours before they'd even arrested the alleged driver. So why did they do all of these massive shots down, shut down of the whole society, the whole of Sweden was shut down before they, within half an hour more or less. So anyway, I felt this is big. So I started tracking down this individual, Olaf Stettenmark, and I started seeing that he had been moving around internationally on many of the locations where other alleged terror attacks had happened. And that he was, uh, he was sort of involved with people, high-ranking uh, people in different intelligence agencies, the CIA, the MI6, uh, Mossad, you had the Swedish uh, also, but also very much uh, with um, NATO and, and these structures that I tell you are so part of this alleged terror attack, including their super secret network called Gladio, which was created in the 50s and has been there invisible ever since.
Anyway, so while investigating this guy, I stumbled or I found his uh, Twitter account, and in this, uh, in among his tweet, I, it was it's a very small account at that time. There was only like two hundred and seventeen followers, and all of these followers were people on the inside of this type of operation. So I was like, "What the hell?" This was not meant for someone like myself or you to to see. And in it, he was talking about that they had planned a, a coordinated attack on Europe. Uh, 39 coordinated attacks with a duration of 36 uh, hours and the date was going to be October the 23rd to the uh, 24th uh, where they were going to hit London and Manchester in England, Paris, France, Barcelona, Spain, Rotterdam in the, Holland, in the Netherlands and two power plants in Sweden, one of them a nuclear power plant. So when I, when I stumble across that and, I, and you have to ask yourself, how come that a geek like myself was the one stumbling? I always felt, almost felt like I was something was leading me because I don't know anyone else that would have reacted uh, about this tweet that was not meant to be seen. Anyway, so when I looked into it, it was the exact dates when the so-called Brexit referendum was going on in Sweden. And when you look at the New World Order, the European Union is part of their creation, just as NATO as well. And so they do not want nations to leave that, uh, that whole uh, organism or whatever you want, because if one leaves, then that might inspire other nations. So had there been mass mayhem in Europe due to these 39 coordinated attacks, that could have stopped the Brexit referendum. So they would say, well, sorry, but because of this emergency, I mean, bombs going off everywhere, we just need to shut down everything. You have to stay indoors, martial law, the whole shebang that we've gone through now with Corona. When it comes to Paris, that's exactly where they had the problem with the Yellow Vest movements. It's a very similar situation where the population is standing up saying, we had it, we don't want this anymore. And so that could have sorted out the problem in, in France as well. Barcelona, same story. You have Catalonia trying to leave Spain and thus the European Union. Same story there. Something like this happened, they could shut that down. Then you had the two new uh, nuclear power plants. One of them, nuclear power plants called Forsmark in Sweden. Had there been a disaster like that, combined with 39 uh, attacks against Europe here, that could have created incredible mayhem. And then you had Rotterdam, which I didn't understand. And then I was contacted by a naval officer who said, the reason they're aiming at Rotterdam is because that's the mouth of Europe when it comes to food import. And nowadays, food is not in storage anywhere. It's all the time on the road. It's moved around in trucks and trailers and whatever. So should a, a harbor like that, that is so central to food in Europe, be knocked out, you could create famine within a week. And also, I was contacted by an uh, Albanian military officer who said that at the very same time as this was going down, NATO was planning a drill, uh, an earthquake drill in Albania and Croatia, Serbia, where so all of this seemed to be aimed to go off and this at the same time. And 39 coordinate attacks. Just imagine, I'm going to get, get show you how many 39 there is. Boom, 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 bo
that is a lot of chaos okay so when i when i started understanding what i thought or suspected was going on i felt i need to do something so first i really felt like puking because uh, it it felt very scary and uh, like that so what i did was I contacted uh, loads and loads of radio stations all over the world. I've, I've done almost a thousand interviews and I've got an incredible network of brave uh, radio hosts that are there right away if something can be done to be part of, of stopping these type of operations. So what I did from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. that morning, 12 hours straight, uh, I went out and I did short interviews on all of, so many, many different radio stations just saying, I don't know for sure, but this is what I suspect. These are the things I found. This is what might happen. We got 48 hours to get as much light on that dark area here as possible. Aim the spotlight right at them. So if they have planned this, that it would be very difficult and hopefully impossible for them to go through with it. So I did that. And then on October the 23rd, when it was supposed to go live, I was waiting. Either there was going to be 39 coordinated security drills, which is what they were being camouflaged as, or 39, what I suspected. And the day came, nothing happened, absolutely nothing. So I thought, okay, here I am, maybe I look like an absolute idiot, not a problem for me, as long I did my best, no one got hurt. But anyway, a few hours later, I was contacted by a freelance uh, journalist in Brussels, that's the capital of Belgium, and also the city where NATO has its headquarters. And this journalist, he said to me, you know, uh, I've been working here for some years. I have very good intel in the military and, and other agencies. And uh, we've been feeling that something, something major has been building up for months and months here, but we haven't been able to understand what. And then we saw your warning and that suddenly everything fell into place made perfect sense. So he asked me, are you aware of what's going on in Brussels right now? I said, I have absolutely no idea. He said, right now, all the defense ministers of NATO has been called to an emergency meeting in Brussels. And it's all because of your warning. His words, not mine. So right there, there was a crisis meeting uh, by in, in NATO. And for me, who have studied NATO for so many years, I felt, oh my God, this is wonderful news. Maybe, maybe we have really wounded this beast, you know, because it officially it's an organization for defense. Absolutely not. It's turned into an absolute terror tool. Anyway, so at the same time, the, uh, the day after, there was an article published on a very well-respected website called Volternet.org, where there was, this is a, where, you know, prime ministers and presidents write articles and stuff. And on it, one of the front page articles was NATO near implosion. So I felt, oh my God, this is much bigger than I thought. And at the same time, all Israeli embassies closed down globally due to a general strike. And nothing bad about Israel as nation or the people, but Mossad, oh my God, when it comes to terror, uh, they're the ones that invented terror almost. So I thought uh, that was very interesting that, I mean, they said it was because a general strike for better wages, but I mean, really, do you think that the staff of Israeli embassies, of all embassies or nations, managed to arrange for a global strike and shut down all of them? Anyway, that happened. At the very same time, also, I was informed that um, Vice President Mike Pence and the Secretary of Defense 
was called back midair from the Middle East to call to a crisis meeting in Washington, D.C. And then just a few hours later, Donald Trump stepped forward and said, we managed to kill al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS, which is amazing, great news, if you, if you are not aware of what ISIS really is. But anyway, that's the fourth time, dear Donald, that you managed to kill him. So get the facts straight, because what the hell is going on? Four times they stepped forward and said, now he's been killed. So what was that? The only thing I know is that something major was being stopped, moved, or interfered with. The reason I'm telling you this is that this was October 23rd and 24th. October the 24th was also the day of the United Nation, meaning that had the United Nation been hit by one of these alleged terror attacks, which I guarantee was part of the plan, that and the NATO headquarters, that would have justified military intervention, just like there was, it was not by coincidence that Pentagon was hit as well, because 9-11, total inside job, Israel involved as well. And then the, the, the towers were civilian uh, targets, but Pentagon was military. And that was the thing that justified military inter intervention into this whole thing. Anyway, so this was October 23 and 24, but five days before, on October the 18th, here comes Corona. There was a virus simulation in New York. It was in a high-end hotel in New York, and where they had a virus simulation. It was called Event 201, but it's actually not 201. When you look at the logo, the logo is Event, it's all in gray, Event 2 and 1, and then the zero in the middle is the globe, an orange globe. So it's actually, I would say, Event 21, just connected to Agenda 21 that we were talking about before. Anyway, at this uh, virus simulation, they went through the whole thing that we have experienced from January, the first, like that six, seven weeks later, they went through the whole thing with the coronavirus. You can still find they got the highlight reels and everything you can find it online, where they go through everything that we have experienced from January the 1st up until now, going through the whole thing, every single step of it. There were 15 so-called players there, and the whole idea was, they, it's the same virus, it's the coronavirus, where it came from, how it spread. The only difference between what actually then officially happened was the location of the epicenter, which in this simulation was South America. Here we happen, it happened in Wuhan, China. But at that simulation, were there any people from South America? No, but there were some bioweapon, bio no, not bioweapon, but biological experts, high level uh, and uh, people from China. So the founders of this simulation was Johns Hopkins Hospital. They are also the ones that have supplied the map that, we are being, that has been used by international media all over the place. It's the same map. Johns Hopkins Hospital. It's brown and everything is in red. Uh, and that's the one giving you all the numbers. And uh, in that simulation, the, the end number of deaths was 65 million globally. Okay, so a question, why is mainstream media internationally using a map from a, a private institution? Doesn't make any sense. It would be much more of making sense that they had from an official organization, like an international organization, like 
But that map, I'm going to come back to because I interviewed the guy who actually invented that map. We had the, uh, the other founder was the Wealth Economic Forum. And the Wealth Economic Forum is a very pretty sound thing. But once you look into it, you're actually looking at more or less the people behind the New World Order. It's the 1% that controls 99% of our lives. The 1% of the top of the top of the top, or in my world, I would call it the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Anyway, and, and if you see what has happened after Corona, the presentations they have made with elaborate uh, programs about how to turn this world into this new world order nightmare, nightmare through what they call the fourth industrial revolution by destroying everything and out of the ruins create their world. And we're back to the smart cities, AI, uh, everything uh, digitalized, totally controlled, the World Economic Forum. They, they meet in Davos, Switzerland uh, once a year. And it's like Davos is a tiny little place. But last time they met, there was 1,500 private jets lying there. And it's not that it's like censored in any way or form, but it's just that to enter, the cheapest tickets are, I believe, $100,000. So that sort of counts me out or any other normal journalist who wants to find out what's going on. I'm out too. And then, <laughs> you're out too. I'm, I'm out sorry too. About, I'm sorry. I wish you could have joined. <laughs> anyway, so and then we have Bill and Melinda Gates, the foundation Bill and Melinda Gates. And Bill and Melinda Gates is key in this whole operation. Key, key, key where if you're, if you're a fan of Bill and Melinda Gates and you, you think and you believe in what they're doing, I'm very sorry, I don't want to disturb you, the image of you, but once you start studying his background, their actions, his involvement, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that's all I can say. So anyway, uh, this map, uh, anyway, so what, what also, at the very same time, there was, this was on the 18th of October, at the very same day, the opening of the World Military Games in Wuhan took place. There was more than 10,000 uh, people from the military, international, all of the United Nations nations in Wuhan, from more than 103 nations, I believe, were in that exact city where it's said that the virus then spread six weeks later. So. When I see how these force flag operations are carried out, and a force flag is an old naval term, when the old days where nations like Great Britain or Spain or Portugal was uh, sailing around the world, just raping, plunder, were doing whatever they wanted because they had the military force to do it. Uh, at times there were problems with trade negotiations or neighboring nations or whatever. So somebody came up with a PSYOP saying, why don't we do it like this? Instead of us being the bad boys all the time, why don't we do it like this? We put the enemy's flag on one of our own ships, then we let our own ship attack us, meaning that we are under attack, thus, thus justifying us defending ourselves and invasion, rape and plunder. So they were doing the exact same thing, but out of self-defense. That's the official story. Instead of them just being brutal, uh, killers and, and just invading, raping, plunder, doing whatever they wanted. So that's the sign of false flag operation. The, the pirates saw the and started understanding it. They thought, oh, wow, that's a great idea. So they started using it as well. So whatever ship they were targeting, they just you know got that flag up, 
So the, the victim or the target uh, vessel was like, oh my God, it's one of our ships coming. Hello, hello. How come they all got wooden legs and, and like eye patches? And once they st saw that, it was too late. You know, so it's a PSYOP. And this false flag operation is being used over and over and over and over again. So you have to understand a false flag is when the attacked one is actually the attacker. It's a psychological operation. The attacked one is actually the attacker. And this is what we see so many times over. So anyway, the World Military Games and CDC and the CIA and NSA were all created after the Second World War. Most of them were created through what is called Operation Paperclip, which was there was 1,600 German experts in everything from biowarfare to to uh, intelligence, to um, rocket science, to you name it. They, they took the creme of the creme from the German scientists, the Nazi scientists or the Nazi yeah, engineers and scientists. And instead of letting the Russians get them, they exported them through the rat mice that was organized by the Vatican and then imported them into the US and South America where they were part of the creation of, for instance, NASA, NASA, which were Werner von Braun and his bodies that were part of building that whole thing up. You have the OSS went into the CIA with the help of Richard Galen and other people that were later part of creating the so-called uh, Gladio network in all NATO uh, nations. You had also the CDC was created at exactly the same time. And CDC is key in understanding this whole Corona thing, because CDC, it's the Center of Disease Control. I would say that is a misspelling. It should be the Center of Disease Creation. They, they have all, they took all of these bio uh, specialists and bioweapon experts and so on into the CDC and started working very closely with the CIA among other intelligence, but most of them mostly closest to the CIA. And it's the CDC in Atlanta, Georgia, that is the owner of pat the patents of the Zika virus, the Ebola virus, the SARS, the Mars. And they're also the ones that are the ones pumping out these numbers saying, now so many people have been infected, now this many people have been infected. And the whole world is listening in and saying, okay, it must be true because it comes from CDC, which is a federal uh, institution, ah, not. It's just as federal as the Federal Reserve, which is totally not federal either private institution and totally in bed with the vaccine industry. It's like they're rotating doors between the people saying that now we have a disease and here's the solution for the disease, the vaccines. So the CDC is super central in this whole thing. And they were also um, represented with uh, multiple of these players that was at this virus simulation. So what I believe happened, Richard, is that I think that what the world has experienced is a much softer version and a very hard version to understand than was being planned. Because I think what they had planned was that everything was going to go down on October the 23rd and October the 24th. It would be a total mayhem in Europe where all of these 39 coordinated attacks knocking out Europe, creating famine, earthquakes, uh, nuclear, uh, what do you call it, downfall, radioactive downfall, yeah. the whole horror. And while all of this was happening, 
the so-called governments would say, well, for your protection, we need to shut down the internet because the terrorists, alleged uh, terrorists, are using Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, for, for communication. So we're going to shut it down for your protection. And what we will serve you then is a commercial version where we decide what you're allowed to read and you will even have to pay for it. That has, they've been planning for a long time and tried to get that through. And also no demonstrations. You're not allowed to meet in groups. You're not social distancing big time, just like we're experiencing now. So total mayhem in Europe. Now this whole military game in Wuhan, where they said that that was where the virus came from or, or erupted or was let loose or whatever. Imagine like boom, 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 boom in Europe. Everything goes horror, horror, horror. So all of the soldiers that are there, 10,000 soldiers. And I also want to say in the opening of these games, there is, it was a fantastic opening. And among other things, you saw the, the, the coronavirus being uh, shown by lights on top of the whole stadium. Anyway, so I believe that what, ha what was planned was total chaos in Europe. And then they would say, oh my God, we need all the soldiers from 103 nations to come back and help sort out this mayhem. Thus, officially bringing the virus with them, meaning that you could get a more than 100 nations infected within 24 hours, boom, like this. But then this happened with this interference where I believe that thanks to incredible radio hosts and people sharing this information all over the place, I, I checked after 24 hours and we were up to several hundred thousand views in total on these interviews. So it spread like uh, wildfire. I think that we, I divinely was led and stumbled across this information and that we managed to put an iron rod right into the gearbox of this death machine. So I believe when they had that crisis meeting in Brussels, I believe that what was going down was that they saw, oh my God, we have been exposed. So we need to go under the radar for, for a while here until this blows over. And then uh, after Christmas and New Year's when everybody's focused on Turkey and let's get some more presents in, you know, that's when we're gonna hit them. And by, why not go January the 1st? And that is when the whole thing started. But then when that started, it was without the chaos that had been planned. So this virus just swept in very smoothly and suddenly, I don't know how they managed to pull it off. The whole world was in lockdown without a single shot being fired. So you, you had to give it to them like, holy, I don't know how you did it, but yeah. including myself, I, I was in, this is day 107. We were totally locked down for more than 80 days. I mean, we couldn't even go outside the door except to the closest shop where we had to show the ticket, you know, that uh, this grocery I bought today, I bought it right now, not four hours ago, so I'm just walking the street. You know, we were being fined everything. There were roadblocks everywhere. Spain has been heavily, heavily hit. So that when they came in with this coronavirus and the whole thing with this virus is that it's nothing to be afraid of at all. It is just a normal flu virus. Yes. It is patented. The patent, as far as I've been able to find out, is owned by an institute called Wook, um, outside uh, London in a place called Wooking. It's uh, owned by, uh, it's created by three doctors there at the Purbright Institute. And the Purbright Institute is um, named after Lord Purbright, who was very much into eugenics, just as Bill Gates' father, who is the mm. 
head and the CEO of Planned Parenthood, which is total eugenics, which is also what dear little Bill Gates was very interested in, in his youth. Now he, sa he said, no, no, I'm not anymore. But when you look at that whole, what has been carried out and his career involving GMOs and Monsanto and I don't know, all kinds of, I mean, he's chased by thousands and thousands of cases where he's being sued from India, where these vaccines have created absolute death and, and, and chaos. Anyway, at the exact same time as this was being planned, you had the documentary Pandemic viewed on Netflix, where as a hero in all of this, Bill Gates. Who is funding the whole thing? Bill Gates. So who is also funding the Purbright Institute where the, the, the patent is, that's where it's owned by, Linda and Bill and Melinda Gates just happened to donate $9 million less than a year ago. Uh, all of these things just a coincidence, I ask you. So we look at the, the numbers. First of all, the symptoms are identical to a flu. If you mild symptoms, like a mild flu, serious symptoms, like pneumonia, meaning that what they've done through, among other organizations, the World Health Organization, once again, it sounds really pretty, but once you look behind the scenes, what it actually is, it's a, it's a private organization, which is funded, the second biggest funder is Bill and Melinda Gates, here we have it again, where they're the ones pumping out the numbers. They're the ones giving the recommendation of death certificates. Also the recommendation of how do you determine that it's Corona and not a normal flu. And so they have set the rules and they have also recommended that anything, the slightest little suspicion that it could be Corona should be labeled Corona. Any death that could even after death, if they could label it Corona, should be labeled Corona. I've, I know people that have come in and from car crashes and they've been like, uh, it's been with a runny nose and they've been labeled Corona, even though they were hit by a car. Anyway, so, so. <laughs> it's a lot for a lot of us to take in. There's no question, especially if we've never really gone down this uh, gone down this, we'll call it the rabbit hole. Uh, it is, it's interesting from the standpoint, from my standpoint, uh, that there are certainly these man-made uh, disasters, if you will. Uh, how do you explain some of the, uh, uh, what we call natural disasters, volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, and the list could go on. I, I don't know how many other natural disasters we could create. Um, or even an asteroid uh, uh, that's heading for the planet. And of course, from my perspective, if there were an asteroid heading for the planet, the first person that I would be calling would be Bruce Willis. I would say, Bruce, uh, get uh, John, Tommy Lee Jones and Brad Pitt and uh, John Travolta get together, get in the show, get up there and take care of this. I mean, that's what the movies tell us, that it's, yeah. uh, that it's, it's, <laughs> it's Bruce and his gang. Um, but what about the natural disasters? Are those also being, from your perspective, your research, the information you've gathered, uh, are they also uh, contrived? It's like you can't, you can't put a question like that because there were so many scenarios <laughs> you went through. So, of course, of course, there are natural things, absolutely. Sure. But there are also certain things that have started to be create man-made creations. And so you got some earthquakes, 
some tornadoes are created by man. It is through geoengineering, through harp technology. If you look up that thing up and you can oh, yeah. see on Lockheed Martin's website, they are, they are very proud of some of these technologies. They've been developing them for almost 50 years where the, through chemtrails and harp that weaponizing the weather is one of the biggest uh, things that they've been aiming for. And to certain extents, they've managed to do that. So some of these things that you were talking about, absolutely man-made. Some very similar, not totally natural. So it's, you, you can't jump to any conclusion. You have to look at every single case of whatever it is with an open mind and try to find out what actually happened. When I was working for the religious radio station, they would be telling the narrative of the end of the world, uh, the Antichrist, uh, the apocalypse, uh, the second coming, and on and on and on. And I heard that story for probably eight to 10 years, and I was bored out of my mind. It's like, enough already. Um, and so I asked the question of someone, and it was more facetious and rhetorical than literal. Is there anything that I can do as an individual to help to bring about the Antichrist and the apocalypse and the end of the world so that we can have a new more positive story, something that's better for everyone. Obviously, you know, as I said, it was more rhetorical and facetious. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel now, uh, in one sense, that uh, it's like this has been going on for centuries. There's no question as to the information you've gathered, the information I have been privy to. Uh, going back to the whole weather thing, a buddy of mine showed me shortly after uh, the uh, Hurricane Katrina, he was showing me satellite images where they had been using what are called, I believe they're called scalar waves to intensify that, that hurricane uh, to make it more damaging, as you say, to weaponize it basically. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And I've never considered him to be a conspiracy theorist or some whack job a very intelligent uh, individual, uh, and, and I've loved working with the guy. We've done some productions together at another station back in Phoenix for like four or five years, and we're still connected and we still talk, and it's just been a blast. But you and I both know that a lot of the stuff, uh, though it's starting to become mainstream, my concern is it becomes almost so mainstream as to, uh, you could use the phrase, do you remember, Ole, that Abraham Lincoln told us not to believe everything that we uh, see and read on the Internet? Now, obviously that's not possible because there was no Internet back in the 1800s. But, but, but the joke is that that's the phrase. You can't believe anything on the Internet. So how do we get to a place where we can have a conversation with someone without coming off because I, I do not conceive, I do not see you as, as some kind of a nut job or conspiracy theorist. Uh, obviously I have seen the documentaries as well of the patents, not just on the coronavirus, the, but also on the vaccine. I have seen, the, they say basically they created the virus and they also created the vaccine, which they just haven't released yet. They've had this all along, and this is all part of that whole process. And I said earlier in the program, too, that we have uh, been, um, so to speak, coerced, uh, cajoled. Uh, we have um, 
complacently cooperated by basically accepting and now every almost everybody carries a smartphone and then of course there's now the 5g issue which i am also familiar with um from your perspective there must be some hope there must be uh an end to this are you are you still uh, optimistic that you can you and others like you around the world can help to bring an end to this insanity because from my perspective as you've described it that's just what it is i would never want to be a part of this group that's doing this not just because of my own humanitarian leanings but just because it just doesn't make any sense it's so stupid it's illogical it's a waste of time and energy and resources but hey that's me the idealist tell me about your level of optimism now and in the future i am super 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 optimistic i tell you i think we are very very close to an incredible future uh, i think we're very very close i'm not talking years i'm talking weeks months to a, a shift for an incredible future that is how i see it and uh, this is also where you see that these dark forces are getting absolutely desperate. That's why the censorship is so hard on the YouTube and, and Google and in the censorship. If you haven't noticed, if you're in my area, you will feel it. Oh my God, it's, it's really tightening up. And the reason for that is because this dark empire is terrified because so many people are becoming aware. And we, I need to go very shortly here. Yes. But, uh, the thing is, like I said, I'm super optimistic. And what people can do is the more fearless you become and the more focused you become on selfless service, not doing good things for others just to get back, you know, some kind of reward or thank you, but selfless service and living by example of how to be a beautiful, giving human being that wants to empower his community, his friends, his family, people around him, his nation, his world. That is the way forward. Use your skills and, and what you're passionate about and your creativity. How can I use this to help lift the world? Because so many people are buying into this fear propaganda yeah. where that is the only way they can control us is when we're shaking a fear. But I say, if you become fearless, especially if you can handle the you know, facing death and not be afraid, which I am, I tell you, I have death threats. I've, I've had to leave. I've had people murdered around me. I, we, the reason I live in Spain is because we had to leave Sweden very urgently because of this whole thing. I am totally at peace, I tell you. And this is the way forward. I think, you know, to let go of fear, get your power back because they're trying to make you lose power just like a, le a tire that is uh, leaking, you know, or also many people now when you're not even allowed to, to plan anything or your future, anything, it's like pulling the handbrake and stepping on, on the accelerator at the same time. It wears people out. And so what we need to do is be there for each other in trying times and just say, listen, focus on peace, focus on compassion, forgiveness, and let's transcend this whole thing. Let's not go into anger, revenge, hatred, because if you do that, you will be part of creating a lot of bad karma. And if you listen to the word revolution, it will just repeat itself. And many times, if you study history, 
people who have done successful revolutions, chopped the head of former dictators, they turn even worse after a few years when, when they were given power. Yeah. Because if you're not, if you're, you, to be able to handle power, you need to be extremely balanced human being. I say I do not ever want to have power or be any kind of leader. But what I can do is live hopefully by example so that I can just by the way I live, breathe, act, inspire other people. And if not, well, at least I've done my best. Yeah. So uh, I have one quick question for you and you can just give me a yes or no because I know we're tight on time here. But I also have three final questions that are very, also very brief. And the one question just with a yes or no. Is Donald Trump a part of or a hindrance to the, uh, the New World Order? I don't know. Okay. Ole Damagard, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program, and I hope one day we can meet in person when, uh, when we're doing all of this. Richard? Yes. Can I, can I please finish with a prayer? Yes, go right ahead. Because the thing is, we've gone into very dark areas, but what I'm trying to do is just like my website is light on conspiracies. I'm trying to put the light of truth into the belly of the beast, into the darkest of the dark corner, and let the truth do the, do the work. Not violence, not anger, not, not, just let the truth expose it and, and lift the whole thing. So I have this prayer, and I, I absolutely love it. It goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. That is the entire universe. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness, so victory to that light. Uh, that's, I could not agree with that more. I, I amplify that for you as well through this program. Uh, and when we do get together again, I hope that maybe we can uh, meet somewhere and meet in person. Sure. I think the work that you're doing is great. Uh, also, I want to ask you those final three questions, if I may, very quickly. <laughs> the first of the three is, who is Ole Damagard? Oh, my God. I am me. I am free. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Liberating the world. Total equality. I want, the, 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 I want paradise on earth for all of us. Total equality, total equal rights for everyone, doesn't matter, blue, red, Hindu, Sikh, whatever. Um, total peace, harmony, balance. You know, I want the lot and I want it now. And this is... Uh, I want to be part of creating it. If I fail, at least I did what I could. But I am very optimistic that we are super close to a fantastic future. And finally, what is your life's purpose? I'm doing it. Oleg, Oleg, I thank you so much uh, for giving us so much time. I know that you're, uh, you're rushed. You've got to run off. And we will be sending you this program file as well as links to it on SoundCloud and to my website as well. And I thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners for listening to this very different but I think important program called Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, love to love.